Hey everybody, welcome to a new Right Behind Us, the Music Conversation podcast, hosted by me, Brandon Daniel, of the Seattle band Beatty and the Sheiks. Today I'm speaking with Mark Sultan, which is a conversation I was uh, glad to have. Um, and for some of the reasons that Mark covers in his in this episode, uh, he's not really somebody that you get to know from his stage performance. There's not a lot of... <clears throat> leaving it all out there uh with him like there is with his partner king khan who he does um his project king khan the king khan and barbecue show as uh king khan pointed out in my interview with him uh this summer went down to numos in seattle where they were playing um that night they're on a tour together right now so depending on where you are in the country go check them out and um yeah he was really great honest you know ready to talk always love that especially since that's what the show is all about so let's uh not waste any more time and get into it but before we do we need to talk about our sponsor today blumenstein audio for 10 years over 10 years really they've been doing their entire line of beautiful handcrafted speakers from right here in seattle washington but they shipped all over the globe and they continue to they've been reviewed in in great audiophile magazines like tone audio and everybody just loves what clark blumenstein makes and you need to get your hands on a pair of these speakers if you're a serious audiophile nut or even design nut because they just make your room look better check them out at blumenstein audio that's b-l-u-m-e-n s-t-e-i-n audio.com and you get a 10 percent discount on your order just for listening to this show and this little advertisement so go check them out use your promo code and uh, tell them i sent you no don't okay this is mark soul actually grew up in, in a, uh, I wouldn't even say a suburb of Montreal, it was kind of a bit further, this little town called Chateau Guy, uh, until I was 16 and then I moved to Montreal. Uh-huh. But I used to go to Montreal all the time because I was like a punk kid, so I would skip school and sleep on the street or sleep wherever or my friends' places and go see punk shows and go to school, sort of, and stuff. Did you grow up on, uh, let's make sure that the game's up. Uh, did you grow up like in a in a half French, half English speaking scenario? Like in a household like that? Well, yeah, we're just a, even in an area like that. My area was uh, notoriously for the for the province I was from in Quebec was like shitty. I mean, uh-huh. in a in a de- I mean, I'm glad I grew up there on, on some level, but it was uh, French, English, and Native Americans and oh, wow. Mohawks, and everybody hated each other. 
You really? Know? Yeah, there used to be... When I was a kid, we'd have... Because the province of Quebec used to try to separate from Canada all the time. And in the heyday, in the so that would be, I guess, the late 70s, early 80s, would be all these tons of political problems. And, uh, yeah, there used to be, like, baseball bat fights with kids. Uh-huh. And, like, really shitty. And then by the time I got to school, I still... People didn't get along, and there was English schools and French schools. And then we went, I went to school with Native American kids who I became friends with. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, actually my best friend uh, that I go see punk shows with was a Mohawk. But a lot of those kids just resented everybody. And they'd call everybody Frenchmen, and they'd fight everybody. and everybody. It was just like lots of fights all the time. And uh, mostly, I would assume that would just be from parents, kind of just... You know, the, the, the history of everybody just hating each other just carried on over and over. So yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. But as I got older, uh, when I started really going to punk shows and, and making lots of friends, the, none of that mattered because we were just all in the same boat. But in a smaller town, I guess it does matter to some people because they hold on to that shit forever, you know? Yeah, well, and what were you? Like, uh, were you an only I'm, child? No, no, I have like three siblings. Are you the youngest? Yeah, oldest? I'm the youngest. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what were your siblings like? Um, the, my brother, who's, uh, the next oldest, uh, was kind of like a crazy, crazy guy. Like, the guy that, you know, beat up the principal of the school, and that kind of, like, that guy. And he was, like, <clears throat> into, like, you know, at the time, like, so, like, when I was a kid, he'd be into, like, Merciful Fate, and Celtic Frost, and Venom, uh-huh. and all these things, and he was doing lots of drugs, and just a bad guy. Really. Right. But, you know. I like him, but and then the guy after that was kind of a more straight dude, but really funny, good artist, and a guy that was into like muscle cars. He used to build them, and you know at the time I guess he'd buy them super cheap because we certainly didn't have money, and he'd get them off his friends or go to this junkyard and then rebuild them. And then my sister, engineer type, yeah, like a really smart dude. Uh And then my sister was the oldest, and she was when I was a kid, she was really cool. I guess she would be the girl that. You know, went to ACDC shows and right. smoked weed and shit. Yeah. Um, they were cool. But they were, we weren't really a close family, so I don't really have any fantastic connection with them, you know, so... Yeah. How are things these days? It's the same. Just a dysfunctional family that never connected. Was it just, like, mom-led? No, my mom and my dad, but it's like they... Now I have a kid, so I understand the dynamics of how things work and how you right. can let that slip and it disappears, you know? Right. Like you have to be there right away, or and and love the situation, or it'll just fall through your fingers. I see and it throughout, yeah, total. So critical ages, right? So I kind of see how that could have happened, but yeah, they weren't. I'm not close to my my dad's dead now, but I'm not close to my mom. I try to like, you know, I try to reach out. I brought the kid there and stuff, but it's just. Were they just like ambivalent parents, or whatever? they didn't like me, or didn't not like me? They just didn't really care because they were just. Yeah, didn't care. It um, happens sometimes to the youngest. I mean, in, a, in, a, yeah, in I think one it was way just, or another. Right, I think, yes, for sure, but I think it was just, that's how they were in general. Um, you know, and I was going to, like, I would, you know, go to these shows. I was a really smart kid, so it didn't matter. I was, like, honor student, skip grade and all these. I was smart, but, you know, I remember being like, oh, you're, I'm, I'm you know, getting A's everywhere. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. And they're like, fuck, what? why do I bother? So I just go to more shows and just I was you know a pretty bad kid at one so, point you know? so you were always like a, a book smart 
mm. had a natural uh, ability in that department. But yeah, definitely. But with this kind of social life that was going on at home and at school, it was like, no, oh, why fucking stay with that? Yeah, and also, you know, having this um, affinity for. I was well read, and I was also uh, into this punk thing, which broadened my horizons, obviously. And I was able to find a lot of underground, you know, writers and and punk bands and all these kind of things that made me more aware of whatever I was doing and whatever was going on in the world or what I perceived. So um, I just never felt a need to. Like I always wanted to leave ever since I was old enough to understand that I shouldn't be in this small town because it was just, <laughs> yeah. why am I here kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I had these friends I had and stuff like yeah. that, but I don't, I don't really talk to them anymore. It's kind of like in the past, you know. But uh, I always felt, yeah, I kind of always felt like I was a weirdo or whatever, that, that, sure. that usual feeling. Yeah. And especially in my school, it'd be like, the punk kids, which was me, and then kind of dudes that were into like alternative at the time that's what it was called but it was like I guess new romantic shit or whatever and maybe like a gay guy or something so that would be your crew because it'd be like the yeah. misfits of the school yeah. and you'd have to fight the jocks all the time and that kind of stuff so it's just like why am I why am I this sucks that, that, that next oldest of kin wasn't helpful with that <laughs> no he was amazingly helpful which I didn't know until later but it's like when I got in, like I used to have my, my haircut was Bull, like I cut it myself so my, it was a bull cut that was cut down here uh-huh. like this so you right. couldn't see my you just saw my, my mouth oh my god so I uh, I remember the I mean, when I got to grade 7 which was in, in in Quebec anyways it's like one high school 7 to 11 that's it there's no whatever, junior high or all that uh-huh. stuff yeah. so I remember the kids the native kids the tough guys I remember one my first week I remember one guy's like fuck so, uh, fucking, uh, let's go then, or whatever. He's just trying to fight me, and I'm like, no, you know, like, it's cool. And then he was, like, pushing me or whatever. He was like, no, I'm not doing this, you know. I was scared, of course. He was an older kid, and he had all his buddies, and I was like, fuck. And then about, you know, that same day, I remember him coming up, like, oh, uh, yeah, really sorry. I didn't know uh, who you were. Uh. Cause my brother was just the worst guy in the world. Like, right. Literally. <laughs> so that helped me kind of gain the trust of the bad people right which helped me along uh, so that I punk scene too no that was no that was my own thing I was already in with those guys because of who I was but in that school it'd be more like didn't matter didn't care who I was as far as my personality was more like you know can you fight and can you do this kind of stuff Um, so yeah my brother helped Definitely on that front. Mm-hmm. I didn't have many problems. We had we had problems, uh, me and my friends with jocks and stuff. But yeah. I guess everybody has those problems. Yeah, I still have those problems. I'm fucking thirty-three. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, it never goes away. But I find, I mean, speaking of that though, I mean, I find it's all like even these shows like tonight there'd be tons of jocks because they're integrated now into this world. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's no real separation now. I find where it's like. Same guy who's you know really into football will be into some bar band, or whatever, which I find really strange. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, but okay, fine. You know. Well, then also, I mean, from my experience uh, with uh, with just like continuing to be an artist and and you know and now a father and, and stuff, mm. kind of living both like the duality of those lives. 
Um, you know, it's really not that bad, but I did fear it, and I did come to realize it's still a thing when you go to your kid's soccer game. Oh, right, you're not there you yet. You know, and yeah. then they're like, nice hat, you know. Like, former passive-aggressive <laughs> yeah, antagonism. Antagonism. And you just have to be like, oh, yeah, this. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, at least it's familiar. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. It's like I, I remember having that feeling going back to my hometown years ago and just going to a bar innocently with old friends or whatever. And, and then I'm like, oh, man, I forgot all about this weird world of an antagonism and, and yeah. you know, kind of physicality and all this stuff where I'm like, I grew out of this stuff. And, yeah. you know, people are stunted. And, like, there's, you're all there with, for example, I have a kid, but it's like a fresh baby, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know these Stunning. things, but... I know if I was in a position where dudes were doing that to me, I would be now, especially I'd be like, I'm really just not putting up with this. Like I like grow up, man. It's like I know. Well, I'm not gonna fight you in front of my kid, but I will. I'm not scared of you. I just right. Just stop. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's know? not as in- aggressive and in, in your face. It's just antagonism. It's well, it's like that's the only challenge. thing they can hold on to now. Is this? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like they. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for all people, and I don't want to alienate, and and I don't want to be general. You know, and I know I don't want to generalize, but it's like. The experience I've had with that kind of full-on jock dude, alpha right. dick dude. Or even hick dude. Or, yeah, yeah, redneck guy or whatever, is that they, you know, of course their life ended in the last year of school. Yeah. You know? And then the only thing they can hang on to is, like, kind of just fucking with people. And then they go home and they cry or whatever. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't see them having a, a life they enjoy because you wouldn't act like that at that age if you enjoyed your life because you would have to forgive and forget you'd have to get over things in order to enjoy stuff but I think they're just you know the ones that can get a sports thing going or an army thing or whatever they're doing and be successful they're probably happy but the other ones and there's so many of them that cannot can't really kick back and fall down and fall upon something else it's like they're kind of just stuck yeah and as an artist I mean I think the, like the most important skill especially when you're touring and you're just like in a different bar every night and everything is just the ability to either get along or get out. Yeah, Like, to totally. get away. You know, like, oh, okay, you guys are going to be, uh, you know, racist, sexist rednecks at this moment. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm just going to turn around Yeah. find another corner of the bar. Totally. You know? I mean, I, I get a lot of shit. For some reason, I think I, I probably attract a lot of... I, maybe I'm too outspoken or whatever. I attract a lot of people that are just don't like me or whatever. But they don't understand that, like, I have to do... This is my job. So. Yeah. I don't go to your job. I can't, you know, just have some modicum of respect for something because, like, obviously I can't engage these things because I have to go somewhere tomorrow. I have to do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not, and this idea, I guess, is this new thing where everybody needs attention, you know, lavished upon them at all times. I can't give you that attention. I got to go somewhere else. I got to do something else. But there's a lot of that always, you know, where these people just need attention. Well, and it never struck me as the kind of guy that was gonna be like, you know, ready to yap it up once you got off stage. Like, you, don't that's even, so fun. you don't have that kind of But I think that. that's what bothers people is that I don't <laughs> no but really I think people like think I'm I'm acting like you know, uppity or something. It's like No. It's not that I just don't have anything in common or I don't wanna I don't i I've never been somebody that needs friends. I don't need all that stuff. It's not very apparent in your uh, performance and I mean this in the in the best in the most uh, earnest way possible, that you're going to be somebody that off stage, you know, wants to hang out. Yeah, and, like, I totally don't. Butts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's People not want that with you, but it's they should 
be able to kind of read things. Oh, it's it's weird. They can't like I get a lot of people like you. What do you think you're a rock star? And it's like no, I just I'm not that kind of person. I just I, no offense, you're probably really nice or whatever. I just I have nothing to say, and it's gonna end up in a really bad thing because I I'm also very difficult. So it's like if you try to engage me in a normal conversation, yeah, it might last for a little bit, but then after a while I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be honest and be like I'm not. I have to leave. I don't. And that bothers people, which I understand, but. You should be able to read off somebody that they're not into something, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't know. I was wondering if you had a sense of that, if you had a feel for that from the very beginning, because I've heard you talk about before, and it's not really fair to like the listeners. I kind of have to explain my questions because they don't maybe necessarily watch the same videos with you in them already or whatever. Um, where you were explaining that you know you didn't set out to become a lead singer in a band. That's obviously what you were spacious. Yeah, that's not my personality. I don't, so uh, how did that come about? The spacious, as far as my position in that band uh, came about, those guys were already kind of doing the spacious, but it wasn't. It was like something else, and they had already started this band, and then we were all at. Okay, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. So I was in bands from that town that I grew yeah. up in. One band I was in that uh, maybe rose above a little bit was this band that was going into Montreal and playing shows. But the thing is that people from my town would come to these shows, bring fireworks, pipe bombs, beat up people, steal stuff, break everything. People would leave with broken arms, like really violent, crazy yeah. shows. But then that attracted certain people like Khan and other people because it was just a circus, you know? Because Not because of the band. The band, I mean, it was a decent band considering where we were from and stuff, you know? And my, it's got a reputation for the craziness. That yeah, like we used to just get in trouble. And, and, and um, so those guys would come to our shows and just be like, whoa, like this is crazy. And then, so we kind of, I kind of knew them from parties and they were a bit younger than me and, and uh, we were all into the same kind of parties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so they, I mean, I'd run into them and uh, and I, we were at a bar once and we were just talking and they were like, yeah, we're looking for a singer and you know this. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I can sing. Let's do that or whatever. I mean, I didn't know. I, could, I mean, I knew I could sing or whatever, but I just was like, oh, it sounds like fun. Yeah. But I didn't realize that we'd be touring and stuff. I thought it was just going to be right, yeah. something. But I really got into it because I like. You know, what did you I'm a rock and roller. I don't know. I worked uh, at that time. I worked at a record distri distribution place, and I, I didn't think ahead. I was just like, yeah. oh, I'm doing whatever. I just thought I'd live my life. But when we started playing, I really got into it because it's like, you know, I'm a punk rocker and I'm also a rock and roller. I grew up with rock yeah. and roll and all this stuff, and it was really like those guys had the same sensibilities. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this can be really fun. And then I also had you know, initiative, so I wanted to like tour, I wanted to do stuff, just because I grew up reading all the fanzines and, and you know, trading VHS tapes and cassettes and really into this idea of, you know, an underground circuit of touring and I, I really like this kind of idea that you can be nothing and be something, I like that duality, I sure. really think that's really cool, you know, so, um, so I was the one that was like, you know, let's record a demo on a boombox and I'll, I'll at my where I worked, I was like, I, we can make tapes, I can get, you know, my, I can get it printed and then I can seal them in plastic 
and I, from my knowledge of fanzines and stuff, I can send them out and then see what happens. And then I would do that and then we'd get contacts, you know, people in Japan, all these people, I want to do stuff. And then it became right. something and it was exciting because we're all young. I mean, they were younger than me by two or three. Well, one guy was my age and then the other guys were like two years, maybe something younger. It was around that time as a, as kind of a big age gap. Yeah, well, momentarily. yeah, except I was, yeah, maybe for me, they, they were younger when we first started because they were just so green, you know, it's just like, yeah. But, I, but that's also because I had been also going to shows and doing stuff since I was like 12 or something. So I was already fully in that world of like, you know, DIY shit or whatever. Um, so then we were able to, you know, go to New York City. We were invited to play in New York City at clubs that, you know, now looking back, we're like, when I talk to people from New York, like, yeah, you played this place. It was like, we were invited to do stuff that was cool. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. we didn't know. We're just kids, you know. Uh -huh. but, but the older people in New York, New York right? Cool. And yeah. those people that were, when you find out who they were later, really liked us. It was weird because they saw something in us. They understood what we were doing. Right. So we had little connections with. It was mostly older people at the time. I remember like we had no. In Montreal, we had a lot of young fans. Yeah. Because it was crazy shows and just drugs everywhere, whatever. But when we go to places like New York, it'd be like old people, who we never discriminated against or thought anything bad about. Actually, we were just like. Well, it's too bad there's no young people, but it's cool right. that it's cool that older people like it because that must mean something. These people like know music, scene people that and that, yeah, like old yeah. punks, old artists, old whatever were yeah. there, and people who knew had taste basically. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of validated what we're doing on some level. So then it became more became more exciting, and then we'd you know tour, and then we you know we we moved to Vancouver at one point because we wanted to record at Kearney Barton's place, who is the guy that recorded the sonics and all this stuff we're like oh let's be like we, we always had this idea that we wanted to be kind of part of this history of rock and roll we wanted to be on the same timeline and the same you know we wanted to be in the same breath as whatever and live in that and maybe be able to you know conjure up the same spirits and do the same because we have the same influences not only are influenced by those people, but mm -hmm. we have the influences they had, and we have the life experience on some level some of those people had, and I think it came out as almost the same kind of thing, but different, you know, so we wanted to do all that stuff, and we toured, and it was really, yeah, so it was exciting, you know, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, it's kind of like living, it's like living like a grown-up for the first time, I imagine, yeah. that age, like being out, on, out there together, you know, yeah. living the spaceship life of touring, and just being, Oh yeah, like those. I was completely responsible for yourself at every moment. Totally. I mean, I think I was at, at that point when we did that. I was twenty, I don't know, one or something. And those guys were like, you know, eighteen, nineteen, and just would do it. And at that time, you could tour in the states, and it was hard. You didn't have internet. You didn't have any of that stuff. And you just kind of like fend for yourself. And shit would go wrong. You'd pay like ten bucks. You'd sleep in a toilet. And just it was exciting. You know, it was super fun and. I mean, we're we have so much life experience just from doing these things, and and also never, you know, you. I had friends that would try to do that stuff, and the kind of it was too much, and they'd have to stop. But yeah. For us, it was just like, even when things were at their worst, it was kind of like, wow, this is really exciting. I want to keep doing this stuff, and right. you know, if you were able to go, to, we like we went to Europe. It was just like, what? The, I I personally grew up in a poor family that I'd never have gone anywhere had I had not have been in a band unless I was a successful 
yeah. careerist or something, but I, I don't think that was going to happen. So well, in a way, you were. I mean, well, when I had a band, yeah, sure. The band but is, if if, it, if I had not have had that, it yeah. I don't know. You know. So yeah. I was able to do all these things, and it was really like super exciting and just like, wow, cool. You know, I think for everybody, it was really cool. It was like, I mean, when we started. <clears throat> The drummer was so young that he'd never be allowed in the bar. He'd have to like go outside and come in. And when we toured the states, it'd be like you'd have old people in some places trying to make fun of us, and then we'd play and they'd be like, "Sorry, like I thought you were just gonna be shit, or whatever," you know. That's awesome. Did you always perform like master cloaks? Yeah, I had a lot of that, and that was a lot to do with just insecurities of because I'm not a front man. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the. And I, and that, but also, I wanted to antagonize the crowd and just be like that kind of punk guy. And but would you call yourself like scary? I had tons of different <laughs> stupid names. I had somebody ran through this list of names I had for like the last for the first couple of bands I had. It was like twenty names. I just used well, to change it's, it's, it all the time. It's fun to see. So I've seen one performance, which is on YouTube, of you guys playing on Montreal today. Oh yeah, the like TV this, show thing. This morning yeah, broadcast. Yeah. Hilarious and uh, and also like the kind of thing that you know would be so unusual to see on one of those I was retarded shows. Yeah. But also at the same time, like as a as an artist, if you saw that, you'd be like, "Fuck yeah, these kids are cool." You know? Well, and we also like we had enough kind of. Uh, we were self-aware and we were aware enough to know that that could affect a kid watching and yeah. make them want to be like, yeah, I can do this shit. Or, you know, we always thought older than we were, so that was up for me. Like, when I look back, I'm like, that was actually cool. Like, that whole thing, we just basically stayed up all night and got wasted and, and fucked up. And then we went to the studio and everybody hated us, of course, because we right. just showed up like complete delinquents and we just played... They kept trying to turn us down, like, you know, because it's one of those places. Like, Oops, you know, let's turn up everything again. And they were so pissed off. The, the host, when the camera was off, was like, I, I don't want to do this. He was, like, super pissed off. And, <laughs> yeah, you could tell. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Just like, you know, whatever. And uh, for us, it was hilarious. It was like, I mean, we weren't, like, over on TV, like, you know, cool, like, because it was TV, yeah. it was more like, let's fuck shit up, this is hilarious, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah, and the name, like, when you gave him your name or whatever at that moment. Well, the, the refreshing thing about it is that um, there was none of that uh, your uh, antagonism. There was when you were playing, mm. as there should be, but when you're not, you're, you're like, the quietest one in the group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is actually, you know, that's refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was always, I was, I'm fortunate to, enough to be able to write songs and I can sing, I guess, like, that's cool, I'm thankful yeah. and grateful for that, but I don't have the personality to match it, so uh, maybe that, you know, that conflict is kind of entertaining because it's like, not that I'm uncomfortable doing it, but it's like I'm not that person, and people sometimes, you know, which is good playing with Khan because he's so extroverted. Yeah. You know? So then I can just kind of it's like be a, a heel, you know. It's like and it's, it's like a comfort zone for you at this point. So, I mean, it's it's, it's cool, but I find people are kind of stupid also in the in that they mistake the extrovert for the guy who's like a lot of people think I don't exist yes, or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's like oh, it's, it's a King Kong show or whatever. It's like man, like okay, I get that because that's what you understand as being the thing. But it's like I'm writing and singing a lot of these songs. Yeah. So it's that side does bother me because I feel like it's kind of 
but that's how people are, especially these days, where it's like they identify more with, you know, something that's... Uh, the Miley Cyrus of the group. Well, or just, you know, a firecracker is more exciting than a poem, you know yeah. what I mean? So, or a wrecking ball. <laughs> a wrecking ball, yeah. <laughs> is more exciting than the achy, breaky heart. Well, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember listening to you guys back in, like, around 2009 somewhere around there so we're kind of on a wave at yeah. that moment um, with uh, of course the things going on with Supreme Genius and uh, uh, record and then you know your guys' record that year with the, the King Kong Barbecue <laughs> show solid live that year it's a fucking phenomenal show but the the record I remember going yeah I mean you kind of did get you know shafted live in the scent in that in that spotlight sense but that live it all made sense it didn't matter on the record though you just had an incredible voice hmm. and and your Writing style was, you know, its own. Although I know you guys collaborate throughout tracks, but every time you were singing, it's like the song had a totally different feel. And it was, you know, as a, as a fan, once you were able to decipher between the two, very unmistakable. You were saying something the other day that, that in an interview that, that I happened to catch, where you were like. Maybe it was a while ago, I don't know. Uh, were you, we're talking about not practicing. Um, and you know, feeling like it's even maybe a little bit revisionist. Mm. Um, I was interested in getting more. I mean, like, we, like tonight's our first show, we, have, we haven't practiced in, since our last show. So our sound check was our practice. Nice. Well, you know, it could go one of two ways. It could really be a disaster or it could be whatever. But I, I think when... I personally don't practice. I don't... I think for what I enjoy playing, if I practiced, it would change the dynamic of the actual music. Yeah. I don't want to know... Like, somebody's like, oh, you should learn guitar. I'm like, I'm comfortable just clobbering my guitar because I know as soon as I... You know, if you know a few tricks, then you're going to just do these tricks all the time and then it becomes like wow I'm so interested in this trick and then you start doing these big solos and I'm not interested in that I don't I want it to be completely rhythmic I want to treat my guitar like a drum I want everything to yeah. be primitive I don't want it no, I don't want to do anything else you know yeah and it's really interesting and it's I know you find that you, you end up like coming up with ridiculous little tricks anyway just throughout no. a tour like there will just be things that just pop into your I find them cheesy. It's weird. Like no, because I sometimes I'll just like, oh, that's how it's done. Yeah. But I know that if I think of that too much, then it'd be, to me it's cheesy. I, for me, playing it, I, I don't want to know how to do that. Even though if I listen to that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. When I start doing, it, I'm like, oh God, fuck that. You just leave that to. Yeah, it's gone. I can't forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like because yeah. I like when he does it. It's yeah, great, yeah, yeah. You know, but I know if I do it, I feel uncomfortable. I like, oh, don't like it. Well, and uh, what is your what, what I, the first thing I thought of with that though is you, I, I thought God, it's always seemed like you're, you're a pretty prolific artist it's mm. a writer so how are you deciphering the difference between the two between the, the idea of you know I'm sitting down to write right now I'm not sitting down to practice sometimes the two blend into each other because I don't sit down to write I mean I'll 
play my guitar just because I want to like uh, hear a guitar and then I'll, oh, a song will pop up. Or actually, that's doesn't really happen. Usually, if I make up a song, it's usually I'm doing something and then a tune just happens in my head and I have to yeah. like get a dictaphone or something and it's like, ah, like you know, especially when I wake up out of a dream, I have to like, ah, ah. yes, and then yeah. then I have a song and then I'll get a guitar involved. But that's just you know the same as being on a piano and just or an organ and just hitting some chords. That's just right. you know to me the guitar is more of a tool to blend. It's almost like reverb or something. It just kind of blends the vocal with something else. So um, you just you totally wait for the spirit to move you. Yeah, yeah I can't. Times. I can't just sit down and. I mean, I'm sure I could, but I don't. Like when you guys have put together records for the King Kong Barbecue Show, art have you just gone? Oh yeah. These are the past five songs that I have right now. And yeah. Says, oh, cool! I have these three. Yeah, and then once we're in the space, then we'll collaborate on some songs just because we're really fucked up at that point and just yeah. having fun. And then it's like just jamming, and it's like, I mean, for us, it's like we usually the best songs happen when we're playing one chord yeah. in a monotonous way, and then all of a sudden it branches out into something. You know. Uh, how did um wrap this up in a minute but I just wanted to since we've gotten on to that topic like um, how did it come to be that you were the only two members remaining from the spaceships that went off and did another project together um, well after the spaceships actually I, I still played I played in this band called Sex Arenos with the drummer of the spaceships who became the bassist of that band so we still had a band in that mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Khan had already gone to Germany, and then I don't know. I guess those guys just—I don't—I I wish I knew because I there's, there's still guys I'd love to play with, but they yeah. just—that's not what they're into, or maybe they were disillusioned or had other ideas of how things should have gone. Or, maybe, but I don't know. I, I never <laughs> asked. It just seemed to me like it just kind of, you know, broke up and then things drifted apart, and then with. With Khan, it was just, you know, we kept in touch, and then we both are really, we come from the same kind of background in, in a family sense, and we have a, we're both, forgive me, but like well-read and kind of intelligent people that have a concept of what we believe the world to be and what we believe on a philosophical level, you know, and we, we have our, we have similar beliefs, um, and rock and roll being one of those things that is part of our lives that is uh, something spiritual and yeah, the church yeah it's kind yeah. of a thing that we need also something we need to do both of us and, and so we connected on some other level aside from being friends and musician friends it's just yeah. like and we still do it's like when we play music it's like a, a kind of a spiritual thing always and when it's not that's when we just the band breaks up a little bit you know right but uh, so when he was living in Germany, I was also somebody who, once I was able to leave and travel, I always traveled. So my first solo album came out in Germany, like, you know, 2001 or two or something. And so I was always there hanging out anyways, and he lived there. And so we'd just start playing together. And when we started playing together, it just hap- so happened that the, the feeling we could get was this and it was magical at the time like if I think back it was really that we're like these weird I don't know if you ever had these moments where as a musician like you 
it still happens now when sometimes when we're playing a certain way, I s can smell stuff. Oh wow! So, like a synesis or whatever. Synesthesia, yeah. Like I smell something in the air, and that's when I know we're doing the right thing. Wow. Yeah. I don't, but yeah. that is awesome to imagine. Also, especially because everybody talks about the goddamn color thing. Mm. Well, and I have, <laughs> I have some experience with that, but it's just enough to drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah. People think it's like a special thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's like, oh, I kinda, I, that's my own kick. But, but the smell thing—that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, and the joke would be, yeah, you smell farts or whatever. But right. no, I smell like, like he. I mean, I, I, it was funny. Like I played a solo show in Berlin, and Khan came, and I was like, I was also in that mode where I was like, I'm like, or I said before the show, it's like, you know the audience I was like you might and I was joking but I because I know it would sound weird but like, you probably smell something you know? and then I played and, and Khan was like yeah totally like, you know like, oh, that's awesome. so it's like a I don't know I think it's with us it's like some psychic connection and some yeah. other thing that we have to play together you know so um, do you experience that thing where it's like time just oh, yeah, yeah. exist and everything is like Kind of warped and slower than it totally. should be. Well, I mean, I, I, it's I, like a dreamlike state. Totally. I, I personally believe my own. I, I have my own concept of what time is as a concept. Right. But I do believe that you, to a certain extent, can control that concept of whatever it is, whatever yeah. time is. And yeah, you can slow it down, and you can you can do stuff. You can fuck with it if you really want to. And if you, but that has to do with. Mm, that's a spiritual thing. I think if you can attain these weird, almost Gnostic kind of uh, moments, then you have a manipulation over time. Yeah. And that's what that is. I think that if you build up enough fervor and you can build up this weird thing in yourself that's like this transcendent energy that almost comes out of your fingertips, it's magic. And that, that controls time. So that's why you feel like things are slowing down or whatever. Interesting. I'm gonna have to listen back on this and try and suck that one in <laughs> a second time. But that's the great thing about these things. I get to like, you need to hear people even better. Mm. You know, because we do this thing in conversation where we're only listening to what, like 35% or whatever. Yeah. As much as you try, especially in this situation. And then I listen back, sometimes even three times. Whoa. He was trying to tell me something totally different. Than <laughs> you perceive it. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I feel like uh, we could talk a lot longer to uh, just begin to crack the shell on um, what I've seen when I've seen you guys. Um, and after talking to both you and Con, it's really fascinating. But um, I'm not going to burden you with that much of a task. You do have a new record that just came out this year. Well, it's not out yet, and it's been delayed so much, I have no idea. Is that idea. what it's going on? Yeah, I recorded it in 2014. Oh my god. It just keeps getting delayed. This is just record label shit? Well, a lot of it at the beginning was me kind of like, uh, stop, I want to do this, like, and then, and then it just became like, fuck. Something would happen, and it would get delayed. And Isn't it weird? It, I, I, I've, I've been through this the last four years, couple couple with a couple different releases mm. and I feel like after a certain while I end up feeling like it's a little bit it, it's almost like toxic you know yeah I, I but I know now because that happened to me years ago I just after about I'd say a reasonable time would be 10 months 
And after that 10 months, I was just like, I don't care anymore. So right, yeah. I literally don't care. You know, yeah. it'll be out. I'm like, I don't, don't give a shit about it anymore, which is very unfortunate. Right. But I can't pretend that it's going to grab me the same way it did when I was, you know, recording it and doing it. And I was excited about it. Now it's just like, oh, it's this thing that's going to come out. Super. Yeah. When you're recording something, that's really when you're the closest. I, hopefully, it's when you're the closest to it. Yeah, well, it's like you when know? you're you're able to foster it a bit better than you do live because mm -hmm. you already... <coughs> well, I, I guess I record maybe a bit differently where I just kind of... I usually record the first take, maybe the second take of the... Compl like if I work a song through, which will take me 20 minutes, then if I record it, I usually just take the first or second take. And then I'll regret it maybe or not, but it doesn't matter. Right. That's what I like, this first that kind feel. of thing right. then if I play it live if I want to change it it's fine but I like this I'd rather a fresh steaming pile of shit mm -hmm. than you know some kind of uh, <laughs> fossilized shit you know what I mean yeah I know exactly <laughs> what you mean I think I've done both yeah there you go well thanks again for doing yeah, this thanks so much, yeah thanks so much yeah for sure Alright, and that was Mark Sultan. He has a new album out. Go check it out. I put links in the music description section of this podcast for you to find that shit through. Okay. Uh, that's it for today. Really looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We have the handle uh, at right behind us on Twitter. Instagram is BD and the Sheiks, where I post pics of the guests and other info. Um, right now, I just have to say until the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>